What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 188 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This week, Sean and I jumped right in on a Monday rundown, actually on a Monday, and talked about the NBA All-Star game. Following that, we talked about the trade deadline and some buyout candidates, then went over some NFL. Following that, we talked a little college basketball and then a little PGA. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and enjoy the pod. We'll be back next week with more college basketball. Enjoy. I mean, uh, this podcast is, aside from our little card uh, break box break mishap, which we mentioned last week, it's, we're riding on a high. I predicted DeChambeau to win the Arnold Palmer, and you were all over on uh, Mike Phillips' pod, all over the um, the Blake Griffin news before it even before he was even bought out. It's like you just spoke it into existence. We're fucking smart. Got to keep telling people that, and they got to kind of got to keep Start listening, listening and- right? Yeah, grow the audience. We know what we're doing. We're not just some jabronis here. Um, but yeah, man, uh, good call by you on, on Bryson. We'll talk PGA in a little bit. Um, but I think we got to lead off with All-Star Weekend. I don't know how much of it you watched yesterday. I actually kind of had it on in the background the whole time. Um, team Durant won, or Team LeBron beat Team Durant by 20. You want to give some takeaways from this game before we talk three-point shootout and all that stuff? I mean, everybody bitches. It's not as competitive competitive as it used to be, whatever. I mean, for me, it just it is what it is. And I just enjoyed it watching Dame and Steph go back and forth with their half-court shots. Obviously, Dame ended it from a, from a logo shot. Um, it was a lot of fun. I was disappointed um, to see that um, the two Sixers were not playing in the, in the game. Due to COVID protocol, I'm happy that they were safe. It just sucks that um, that they weren't there. But aside from that, it was a fun game. Um, everybody looked like they belonged in some years that they, they don't have all the All-Stars looking like they belong. And, and it was nice to see Mike Conley finally get the nod. I know it took about 10 guys or whatever to drop out, but it was nice to see him get in there. Yeah, it was. Um the, sh- the shot making and just the shooting of Steph and Dame, it was like they were kind of dueling banjos and just seeing who could do more. You would think, no, maybe Steph's a little worn out from the three-point contest. No, he's, he's the best shooter of all time. Um, it, to me, I thought it was – I like what you said about the All-Star game, like people bitch about no defense and all those things. It's an, it's an entertainment exhibition, and that's what it should be. And 170 to 150, there's no reason to be pissed at that. I think you're seeing the best players make some of the craziest shots and experiment a couple of things that they work on in practice. I always have a good time watching those guys perform like that. You just have to go into it with the, with the expectation that you're not going to be watching a, a real basketball game. You're just watching the stars. Go at it, and that's that's what it is. I mean, what else can you really expect? You shouldn't expect anything else. And if you are, you know, that's more so on you than the product on the court. I do want to talk about the Sixers, guys, though, because the NBA, okay, you got your all-star game in. You got the charity to the HBCUs, which is great. And Turner got their plug for seven hours straight, plus their four-part documentary series. But – Another barber, dude. I don't know what, what's going on with the barbers and, and the contact tracing, but can you imagine if this was caught at the game and then all of a sudden you're pulling these guys off the floor and you have one of those Durant against Toronto things where they're on the court, they're off the court. What are they doing? They're in limbo. Did they have too much contact with everybody else? I mean, I don't know how you felt, but I was just like, boy, did they they got as lucky as they could have possibly gotten yesterday. Seems like they've been getting lucky. I mean, they did it. They did it right with the bubble. All sports have really either, either they're doing the, every sports doing the all time, um, you know, pull the rug over our eyes, hidden job here, or they're all getting lucky. I think the barber's just kind of a scapegoat. 
I mean, how many times can can it happen? You think so? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> because because that's an understandable thing. We all go and get our hair cut. I'm in desperate need of a haircut right now, but we all go to get our haircut, you know, because they could have been out at a club or whatever, and that's just a bad look. So I think they're just like, yeah, we'll blame it on the barber. Yeah, that's a really interesting take. I hadn't thought about that at all, um, but I don't know what the circumstance was. Irregardless, it was something that they avoided absolute catastrophe because it was you could see as Woj was reporting that as they you know early afternoon set in yesterday that catastrophe could have easily happened and and the NBA probably had a lot of panic moments right there. Oh, for sure. But I mean, listen. Went off without a hitch, as far as we know. It's only a day later. Some cases could crop up, but seemed to go pretty well. Um, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I don't know. Any other takeaways from the game besides that? I mean, it, it's kind of – this game is what it is. It's for game the kids is what anyways. It is. Yeah, and again, I, I think it's on you if you don't like the game and if you don't like the product. It's That's not – that you're just trying to hate on something that really shouldn't be hated on. Uh, it's an exhibition game. Giannis won the MVP with 35 points in 19 minutes, went 16 of 16 from the free, from the field goal. I, I mean, I didn't really care who won the, the MVP. There was a bunch of guys that were in contention for it. Do you think it was the right call? Don't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, fair. there was no defense being played. So a guy who does most of his work in the paint is going to go, is going to have a game where he goes 16 for 16. Um, it would have been cooler to see like Dame win it just because he kind of started to heat up at the end there, and I thought he was more entertaining. But, yeah, I, sure, Giannis is deserving. Whatever. Yeah, 16 to 16 is pretty impressive, however you want to shake it. Sure. I mean, that's It's hard to do that in your driveway, but good that's for true. yeah good for yeah good for good for him um Steph won the three-point contest that was great um I, I had a lot of fun watching Steph just shoot it this did feel like the Steph put everybody back on notice I know he's had a great first half but the Warriors aren't awesome I think this was just the you forgot about me here I am kind of comeback Three-point contest, in my opinion, is way more fun than any of the other events uh, because people that you care about actually do it. For sure. And they can do it for their whole career, and they don't have to worry about being upstaged or trying to you know, look like a fool by, by trying to dunk. It's, These guys are just shooting. I mean, it's not like Steph's going to go yeah. out there and throw a bunch of air balls up. What was the one – wasn't there a video that surfaced from practice one time earlier this year where Steph hit 105 consecutive threes or that's what they said? Yeah, of it's course he's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I liked then, it. I liked it. As for the dunk contest, I mean, it's cool to see those dunks, but I feel like in the YouTube era where you can go back and see all the greatest dunks of all time, none of them really shock us. Um, I felt like Obi Toppin's dunk wasn't as appreciated as it should have been. Um, cause he did it so quickly. He didn't really have much hang time in the air, but the dunk he did, he was up pretty high and, and the, the level of difficulty was there. But I mean, they did the best they could given the circumstances with this weekend kind of condensed into one night. Um, I still had fun watching it. Yeah, it's, it's super impressive what these guys do athletically and being able to come up with those moves and do those moves and execute them, especially on your first try or second try. It's, it's nothing short of unbelievably impressive as somebody who, uh, yeah, barely hits rim when they jump. Um, yeah, don't have a lot of ups. But it's, it, it, it's one of those deals where I just don't think anybody can get that excited no matter how good the quality of the dunk is because nobody knows who these people are. Outside of New York, nobody knows who Obi Toppin is. Not at all. I mean, if LeBron, Zion, and, and, I don't know, Paul George were doing the dunk contest, I'm sure everybody would tune in. Yeah, because that's what it used to be. But these guys are just, we talked about it on Phelps' pod, they're they're not going to risk injury, and they also don't want to be embarrassed. It's a waste of time. I think it's more, it's not like yeah, I think it's like 10% injury, 90% humiliation at this point. And there's no creativity, really, either. What more can you do? The in-game dunks are far more fun than watching them try to do something in the contest. Absolutely. All right, so like we said earlier, Sean, 
you were right about your prediction. Blake Griffin um, has been bought out by the Detroit Pistons and signed with the Brooklyn Nets. And I guess he's your fourth bar quotes, air quotes, whatever, star. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw a little cold water on that. My I mean, question first to of all, you is, does he, yeah, does sure. he have anything left in the tank? Because I think he does, especially on a team where he's really not needed to do much of anything. I think anything they get from him is probably somewhat of an added bonus. Um, and, and I just think being buried in Detroit wasn't a good look for him. Yeah, my, here's my thing. It's a good signing. It's a nice depth piece. Durant's been out. He played three games in February with a hamstring, and you know they're going to treat him the same way the Lakers treat AD. We need you in the playoffs. We don't care if you hardly play at all. And Jeff Green has been logging a tremendous amount of minutes this year. He's played awesome, but he also banged up with the shoulder injury, and and you don't really want to have him playing as many minutes as he's played. So you bring in a guy like Blake Griffin, who uh, he's developed more of a three-point shot over the last few years. I know there's the whole thing. He hasn't dunked in a game in over two years, all those kinds of things. Listen, can he give you 12 to 18 minutes and put in 10 to ten points and grab you six boards in the second unit and play decent defense? He's a great passer out of, out of, the, uh, out of the paint. He can do all those things. If they ask him to do – what should be asked of him to do at this point in his career, he might surprise him a little bit and give him quality minutes. And uh, if he takes minutes away from like TLC or something like that, I think that's a good thing. But no, this is not the fourth superstar. This is not Blake Griffin of even a couple years ago in Detroit. This is a good veteran role player who knows you chose to go to Brooklyn. He signed the vet minimum of 1.2 million, gave up 14 million in the next two years to go there. I think it's a solid move. Yeah, my my takeaway from this was solid move, great depth for them. Don't expect anything crazy again. Like you said, this isn't Blake Griffin of even a few years ago. But my other my other take is that the Nets aren't done because they still need uh, a prolific or not even prolific, but a somewhat effective rim protector to yeah. spell uh, DeAndre Jordan, who I just don't think you're really going to want to go to battle with him in crunch time minutes. What will be really interesting is to see if I go two for two on my predictions because I also said JaVale McGee. Um, Andre Drummond is still being talked about, and the Nets still have as much flexibility, actually more flexibility than all of the other teams who are top contenders outside of Philly because Philly obviously has the young players and the draft picks. But the Nets can still offer as much money on the buyout market as any team. Drummond is still being linked to them even after – the Blake signing and you know you can make a trade or two and there's going to be guys available on the buyout market and they still have Dinwiddie to trade if they want to trade him and they have some seconds so yeah they're far from done to be honest I don't really think Drummond is worth it and I think you said it on Phillip's pod we'll give him a plug here his pod is just in the suffering um I don't know if he's going to buy into that role I don't know if he's in the, at that point in his career I think JaVel McGee is going to be far cheaper and I think he'll be a better fit for Brooklyn. I like JaVale McGee because he knows to that point exactly what he's supposed to do. And when you look at the matchups, really, why are you getting another huge rim-protecting center? It's to combat Embiid. You're not going to stop Embiid. You're not really even going to contain him that much, but you want to make him work, and you want to be able to get those rebounds down in, down in the paint. And when you're playing the Sixers, you got to have guys like that. And McGee fits that mold just like Jordan does. If Jordan was on any other team, you know, he'd be a, a candidate for the Nets to go at and get. Uh, for the other honest, matchups, I think, I think they're fine. I think the most important thing looking ahead to the playoffs, getting another big man, is really just preserving Kevin Durant and keeping him off Joel Embiid. Because when they go small – where they go with pretty much their any lineup, Durant's going to end up guarding Embiid. I think they'd rather take the pressure off of him and let him preserve his energy for the offensive side of the ball. And I think McGee is going to help them do that more than more than um, DeAndre Jordan as well as Blake Griffin. Me too. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, if, if Drummond is bought out, which it looks more likely that he is. It, it, the Lakers don't have as much money to offer him. So he could say, okay, I'm willing to accept this role because I will get more money from Brooklyn, and this is what I want to do. I want to be known as as this guy. Obviously, we're a few weeks away, but it is a fascinating 
thought because you get Blake Griffin, but you also realize, no, there's still plenty of moves to be made with this team. For sure, and I think the the other point is is Andre Drummond is going to get moved. I mean, I don't remember the last time he played a game, but the Cavs have held him pretty much off the team and out of the lineup for the last month, it feels like, to move him, whether it be in a buyout if they can't get a deal or, you know, in their best hopes in a deal. Oh, yeah, no, he's gone. He's, and then the, the trade deadline's the 25th, and then the buyout deadline is the 9th of April. So he's gone. And as soon as he's either not trade, as soon as he's probably not traded, I'm going to predict that he's not traded. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think the Cavs are just a little delusional with their players, him and Kevin Love, with the market for them. Because they're looking for an asset back, and it's like the asset that the teams in the in the power position of offering them are like, our asset is that we're taking this, this cap relief from you if we do a trade. That's the asset for you guys. We're not giving you a first-round draft pick or a young player in return as well. No, I mean... Just hearing you lay that out, I think it's very conceivable to believe that the Cavs actually might be able to get more for JaVale McGee than they could for Andre Drummond. Yeah, contract-wise, everything, uh, for sure. Yeah, so uh, he's going to be bought out, and obviously, unless he's out of his mind and just chooses to go somewhere where he doesn't have a real shot but can put up numbers he thinks are are great, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets, and I don't know who else are going to be the top contenders for him. Yeah, those are pretty much the teams. And the Lakers, the Lakers I think are the favorite for him just because of the of the missing of Anthony Davis. Right. They need yeah, another I would AD. That they, could get him. they absolutely need another AD. Mhm. Um anybody else on the buyout market that seems interesting to you? Fascinating to see what's going to happen with J.J. Redick in New Orleans. Mm. I think he's another guy that's going to be hard to trade. He wants the New York market. He lives in Brooklyn. The Knicks could swing a deal for him. And if he's bought out, I think he's, the Nets are a favorite to land him. Yeah, I mean, if they want if they want to you know, do, do a Nilakina for J.J., I'm all in. But anything else aside from that, bye. I'm hanging up the phone. Yeah, I, I, I'm... The Pelicans are again. They're they're one of these teams that's in a rough spot because he's. They don't want to do him dirty. I don't think they're going to trade him to just anybody, and they're not. They're not in a position where they can ask for really anything for him. So you might be better off just cutting bait. Yeah, I think the other thing that people need to understand, and this goes with this goes to we're going to talk a little bit of NFL as well with Deshaun Watson and everything is. Like, people always say, like, well, why don't you just trade him for everything you can get? And, and and if the player doesn't like it, well, fuck him. Well, I mean, you also have to look at it from the team perspective that at some point, they're going to want to sign another free agent. The Houston Texans absolutely could tell Deshaun Watson, all right, well, we have you for five more years on this deal, and then we can franchise tag you for three years, and we're just going to find the shit out of you. Or these NBA teams could say, all right, well, we have the power. We can send you anywhere we want. But then when the next free agent's up and they're offering them, the free agent could just be like, yeah, I'm not coming here. Look at what you did to whoever. That's a really good point by you. It's a really good point, and one that I don't think is being considered by just the people that are looking at it from strictly a – a team standpoint that era is over it's 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 been over in the nba and i think it's becoming it's the trajectory is going that way in the nfl jj reddick is a respected veteran in this league who has prior to last year i think had been in the playoffs every Every single single year year of his career so you're gonna send him to where he says he wants to go and if none of those teams are going to offer you anything the nets have nothing to offer them unless I know people are throwing Dinwiddie out there. The Nets are not trading Spencer Dinwiddie for, for J.J. Redick. So then it leads to the Knicks. Okay, you said Frank Nittlekina. I think that's fair. That's, some, that might be even too much to give yeah. up for J.J. Redick. He's been shooting well lately. He has. And he's a great contributor to a, to a team that's ready to win a championship. He's not a guy that you want to bring into a team that's okay. I so, know Frankie yeah, Smokes. It, Frankie Smokes has been shooting well lately. Oh, Frankie Smokes. My bad. I did not think of Frankie Smokes when you said shooting. But that's good. <laughs> well, it's good to associate <laughs> good. him with it. See? It is, because he's back in the rotation, right? With Austin Rivers being put on the bench. 
Yeah, Austin Rivers may be a guy that the Knicks let go as well. Yeah, he's as good as gone. Again, that's going to be just interesting to see if he's either dealt or he's a buyout guy too. The buyout market, I think you and I have talked about it before. This year with the buyout market is going to be even more, I think, it's going to be crazier and more active than the than the trade deadline. Absolutely, just because I feel like these teams are getting smarter and they're not going to be willing to give up for these big fat contracts, even though Austin Rivers isn't on a big fat contract. But for some of these other guys, they're not going to be willing to take on that money and give up the asset as well. So I think these teams are just going to do right by the agent or do right by the player and just end up buying them out and saving a little money. Yep, for sure. And and again, probably the most important saving saving face in public perception for to attract other players to want to go play there. Um, so real quick for you, man, I know we've got – we're two weeks from Thursday out from the trade deadline, but just your thought this week, any names that are popping up to you, Nick's target wise that you could be interested in. There's been Oladipo rumors anything that's catching your eye that you're, you might want to see done. I raised an eyebrow when I saw those Oladipo rumors that you mentioned. It, it just depends on the package. What do you think would be a fair package? Because he is a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, the fact that he's a pending free agent and he's really not happy and things aren't going well for him where he is in Houston, Nilakina. Yeah. That's it. He's a pending free agent. He can he can test the waters. He's unrestricted after this year. I'm not going to give up a true asset for him. I mean, Nilakina in a second-round draft pick sounds about right for me. It's really interesting with him because obviously he's not coming back to Houston. He's unhappy there. And Houston would like to trade him. I don't think Houston would buy him out, though. And unlike the situations with Drummond and Reddick, I mean, why Oladipo would they buy a guy him that, Why would they? Well, that's I mean, what I'm got, saying. If you don't want to come back, all right, well, good luck signing next year. Right. Well, that's, my, that's where I was going with it, where unlike the buyout guys where you have one or two teams that might be interested where you know you don't have a bidding war, Houston, there's going to be a boatload of on-the-fringe playoff teams that would love to get their hands on Oladipo. That's why I mentioned that the Knicks, you might be forced to give up a little bit more than you yeah. want to go get them. Well, absolutely. And the other thing with that is all those other buyout guys have multiple years left on their deal. If if they're really not going to get anything for Oladipo, they'll just be like, all right, pack it in for the year, and, and you're going to be a free agent. Well, I guess we'll just pay you for the rest of the year. He's gone anyways. Yeah. He's off the books after this year. I think he's getting moved. Oh, I completely agree. I see. Go- I think he's going to go to Golden State. Mm. That's been, an interesting They've one. been circling a lot, and I just don't think – I think the Knicks are, are, are doing the right thing. They're in a really good place. First of all, in the age where everything gets leaked, you don't hear a peep from Leon Rose, which I absolutely love. And I just think the Knicks feel like they're in a really good position, and they're not going to give up any assets to make that splashy deal like they usually do. I'd be fine going for Oladipo, but it depends on the price. What would your absolute cap be? Like if, if somebody would say, okay, here's the package that's proposed, what's the one that you would say, all right, I guess I can get away with that? Realistic, not just Neil Kina in a second. <laughs> Neil Kina a second and Kevin Knox or an extremely, extremely top 25 protected first-round pick. Because the guy can walk at the end of the year. I mean, maybe he doesn't fall in love with the garden. He's gone, and we lose all assets. I'm not giving up a true asset for for a maybe, especially for a team that's clicking. If this was last year, I'd be like all in on him. Of course, we have a chance at a star, you know, a former All Star that is still very young and recovering from an injury, and can be a guy who can be probably a number two on a championship team, maybe a number three. I'd be all in, but the vibes are good right now, and I, I just don't think we should give up more than that for him. You know what? I love that out of you, and I think the best thing is is I I know I have a very strong feeling that's what the Knicks are going to do, and I love that out of them. What is going to be very interesting to test this theory of yours or your you know what you want to see them do is you're getting to the point you know you're two weeks from the deadline by the time you play your first game after in the second half, right? And we've talked about it, that your second half schedule is brutal. 
mm-hmm. but you're hanging around and I've said to you, I don't think you're any worse than any of these other playoff teams that are in that five through nine grouping. If you lose four or five out of seven or eight, it does an Oladipo trade become that desperate move or you say, you know what? Fine. We're not, we're, we're not as good as the first half. The second half is, is, is the schedule is what it is. And see you next year. It'll be interesting to see that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if this team begins to falter um, what the front office is going to do just because we've seen our first, we've had our first little taste of success in a long time. I, I do think that they would end up turning over and making a move. I just don't know if they would be going for the Oladipo type guy or maybe a buyout or or a, a cheap guy like a J.J. Redick or something like that. Yeah, or be do what... I think they should have been doing for a while now is go get a young player that's available that a team can connect with an expiring contract and you absorb that player salary and get a good young player in addition. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be opposed to that either. I mean, a Marvin Bagley's definitely going to be out there. A John Collins seems really unhappy. Maybe you can take mm-hmm. on that Rondo contract with the John Collins in and and not give up much just basically to take take the heat off of them for that dumbass contract for Rondo in Atlanta. That would be interesting to see as well. Although I do think we need a little more help at guard because I don't I don't want to stifle Julius Russell. I've changed his name. Julius Randall and not saying Russell. Julius Randall and John Collins would be a very interesting tandem, especially with Mitch. But the thing is, Julius Randall, I think, could play with those guys just because he's passing, he's shooting the three, he can dribble the ball up like only a guy I I guess as big as him. I mean he's like six six ten, six eleven. Maybe Sabonis can dribble like him. I don't know who else. Obvious, uh, maybe um Jokic, that's it. Yeah, no, he's. I think he's becoming that kind of player that can play with literally anybody. Completely agree with you. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind having having being a. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Like I, I hate to say a dump, a dumping ground for for all the expiring <laughs> contracts. But hey, if we're gonna get assets out of it, and, and we're not gonna be signing these big time free agents anyways, why not? No, the I mean, they're always lot. keeping that cap space for a guy that oh, we can trade for Bradley Beal. You don't want to give up your assets for Bradley Beal, and I don't even think we have the right assets for him anyway. So let's just use the cap space we have and stop saving it up for these free agents that aren't going to come here. Let's build something. There's a lot worse ways to get that free agent, too, because you're saving it for a free agent that's going to look and say, okay, well, my second best player, my next best player is Julius Randle. Or you get a Marvin Bagley, or you get a John Collins in addition to one of those contracts that you're taking on. Well, now your team's in, you know, exponentially better and more attractive for one of those free agents, and you'd still have some cap space for them. Absolutely, man. So, so those and draft are the guys. Too. I mean, we've gone over the Knicks and the Nets guys, and that pretty much covered the market, too. Is there anybody else that stands out to you? Harrison Barnes. In Sacramento, makes sense as a possible trade guy. I mean, Orlando's got a few of them between Gordon, who's in trade rumors all the time. He's been hurt. You've got Vucevic and uh, and Fournier. Vucevic Those are kind is of the Celtic. Names. Fournier is a spur. Um, Aaron Gordon, I think they're going to have to be stuck with him. And then who are the other guys you mentioned? Uh, Harrison Barnes. He may be reunited in Dallas. Um, or he may go to Boston as well. Those are my those are my predictions. How about like an Al Horford and a George Hill in Oklahoma City? George Hill, you know who could really use him? I, I've already said this once. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. I don't know if he's a buyout candidate or they're looking for a piece. Um, and then Al Horford, I, I really don't know. He's had a good year. He absolutely has. I mean, maybe Chicago... If they're looking to make a move, maybe Sacramento does a flip Al Horford because they're trying to make the playoffs and they've been kind of stale Al Horford for a Marvin Bagley, figure out a way to make those salaries work as well. Um, I could see something like that happening. Maybe Al Horford going to back to Atlanta um, for a John Collins just to get rid of him because him and Trey Young don't seem to be seeing eye to eye. 
before his contract is up and you get nothing for him, maybe something like that. I don't know. I think there's a few candidates out there. While we're on this subject, let me just throw a team out there to you and give you a couple names on it and see what you think, whether they would actually move them or in possible destinations. The Toronto Raptors, or we should call them the Tampa Raptors for this year, Kyle Lowry, that name has been all over trade rumors with Philly, others involved. What do you think the probability is there of him possibly getting moved? I think he definitely gets moved. I think Ujiri's already got that ring on his finger. He's looking to rebuild, get some more of his guys in there. I think that he's probably a sixer before it's all said and done. That would be a that'd be a hellacious pickup for Philly. I said it on Phillips' pod. He's a Nets killer too, and uh, he's a guy who's just at the big moment. That's his. That's his stage. Uh, what do you think a possible deal looks like if he goes to Philly? Maxi and a few, maybe Maxi, Danny Green. Um, I don't know. Throw another guy in there that that's just an ancillary piece as well. Pick or two? Yeah, late late pick, early, late first, early second. I mean, everything's going to be late for the Sixers anyways. What about Siakam? Nah, I think Siakam stays put. I think he's in this weird spot where the value is not where they want it to be in order to move him, and somebody would just be getting him for an absolute steal. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, it's, it's hard for me to see him going anywhere. year and a half ago, if they traded him, they probably could have gotten the moon. But now, I just think his value's fallen off. Obviously, Toronto isn't as popular playing in Tampa and just not being as great of a team. So I think they're they're going to stick it out with him and try and build have a rebuild around him, as well as Van Vliet, who they just re-signed. Next few weeks are going to be really telling. Because, obviously, as we get closer to the deadline, always is that way. But with this now play-in tournament and all the money lost and fans starting to come back into arenas, even if it's at a limited capacity, making the playoffs for some of these playoff-starved teams and franchises that have been irrelevant for a while is going to be pretty damn important. And it'll be fascinating to see if teams who come out of the gate in the second half a bit sluggish, or maybe they are playing better than they thought or keeping pace with the first half, and they're looking at the trade market and saying, this is our fucking chance. Uh, it's shit or get off the pot time, and there's a lot of names. There, There's far more teams buying, I think, than teams selling. There's only a few obvious sellers, and some of those teams have to have these guys as buyouts. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's time to tell some of these teams, it's time to sell some playoff t-shirts. It's time to sell some playoff memorabilia and some seats. And I think that they're going to do everything they can to make the playoffs. Me too. Oh, we got a couple weeks to go, man. Anything since we've been on uh, on a roll lately, anything you want to speak into existence for your boys in blue and orange? No, I mean, just don't be the old Knicks. That's all I'm asking. Keep keep. Keep going the way you're going. Just don't be the old Knicks of the 2000s through the 2020s, basically. <laughs> of every, of every ask, year for man. the last Just don't be, don't be fucking idiots. That's it. I think that's a fair request. I trust your I trust your front office. I do love how little We're not going to win the championship this year, so what the hell are we going out and getting guys for? Olin Depot, for anything more than what I mentioned earlier, I know you're listening to this, pose, Le- to this uh, pod, Leon Rose. Nothing else more than that. If they're asking for R.J. Barrett, hang up the phone. If they're asking for O.B., we're obviously not the point god, the O.G., the real point god, quickly. Do not – got to hang up the phone. Yeah, I think he would. I think he would. Is he getting to a sports father conversation for you at No, all? come on. Okay. Not yet. I'm just wondering. Not even close. Well, I want to see how delusional you are. I'm glad that you're not. No, Nick fans I mean, are ready to anoint – this team is I'm definitely the ready to chance. I'm definitely ready to adopt a new sports father. Brad really hasn't basketball sports father. Brad really hasn't been doing it for me. And and you know what? I'm taking resumes for football as well. Salah is at Whoa. the top of my list. I like that. Yeah, I'd like to go a little more local, try and be a little bit less of a fraud. <laughs> oh man, you're I'll, is... I'll leave the fraudness to you. 
thanks. Your uh, <laughs> your team hasn't given you any reason to have a sports father in the NFL. So Salah might be your beacon of hope there. Speaking of so. the NFL, speaking of the NFL, good segue by you. Man, we're coming up on 200. We've been on fire lately. Will Smith, his boy, Dak Prescott, is back with Dallas. Four-year, $164 million deal agreed upon earlier this evening. $126 million of that is guaranteed. Also, a no-trade clause and a no-tag provision thrown in there. Your reactions to the deal? First of all, I mean, if Will's listening, I miss you, buddy. I haven't heard from you in a while. We have to have you on the pod, and I'll have to give him a phone call. It ha- I, have, I haven't true. spoken to him in, in a minute. Um, we usually talk all the time, so I'm missing my guy. Um, I'm happy for him, and I think this was the move that had to be made for the Cowboys. They only had two ways to go here. They were either going to have to trade up and get a young quarterback, or they were going to have to re-sign Dak. What else are they going to do? Roll out Andy Dalton? This was the move that had to be made. And honestly, I think Dak's earned it. He's been a great statistical regular season quarterback, and I think you really can win with him. I think he's one of the most disrespected players in the NFL. That's a really good take by you. I agree with everything. I wish I could disagree for banter, but I can't. It's, I watch him play twice a year against my team, and it's really that distinction that we used to hear the term franchise quarterback, and it meant Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I think we got to throw that out. There's, franchise, there's Super Bowl champions, there's the top echelon, and then there's franchise guys. There's not many players that you would rather have anchoring your franchise at quarterback for the next four years than Dak Prescott. He's going to give you a chance, as long as you're healthy and he's healthy, to be a playoff team and go on a run every single year. Absolutely. And and what are you going to do? You're going to go out and, and, and mortgage your entire team's future for a guy that's a little bit better in a Deshaun Watson, not like... 10 tiers better, just a little bit better, or a guy that's a little bit, a little bit, a double little bit better in a Russell Wilson where you have to mortgage your entire team and do a complete rebuild, or are you just going to sign a guy that you have to give up nothing for? And a guy you drafted and a guy that's brought you to the playoffs a few times. If you're, if we're going to judge all these quarterbacks off playoff failures because their teams weren't better than the teams they lost to, well, then that's, again, that's that's on us. That's not on the quarterback. Prescott's a guy that if he gets hot in the postseason, could get you to a Super Bowl. We've seen enough guys. If Jimmy Garoppolo can do it, Dak can do it. And listen, I know the Cowboys sucked last year defensively, but I mean, Dak, statistically, before his leg fell off of his body, was playing like an MVP candidate. He puts up great numbers every year. Gives you a chance to win pretty much all the time. This was a good move for both sides. Absolutely. And this also takes Dallas clearly out of the running for the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, if that is a thing. I think it is. I really think it is. I do too. It's been quiet, but uh, it's it's a long off season, and I think things will heat up when we get closer to the draft and free agency. But at least one of the big pillars that he named in his um, whatever statement, I guess you would call it, is out. So that brings it a little bit. That brings the Jets just a twinge closer. Hey, there you go. Although he did not say New York, but in that in those four teams. But yeah, whatever. Well, whatever. Surprising Chicago is on there. I don't really know why he'd want to go to the Bears. They All they do is kill quarterbacks. Um, speaking of which, okay, so Dak's off the table now. He's signed, locked in. Who's the next quarterback you think that we're going to see movement on? Doesn't have to be a huge megastar name. Doesn't have to be Watson or Wilson. But who's the next guy that you think is either going to get moved or sign an extension? Jimmy G. There you go. Jimmy Guop. I think he's going back to the Patriots. There's a lot of talk about it. I think he's the next quarterback that gets moved, if you will, the next domino to fall. And then the Niners are either going to, I don't know where they're picking this year, um, but they're either going to take their next guy in the draft or they are going to trade, um, I don't know, hopefully a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. Although, I, I don't know, I'm hearing the Jets really like Sam Darnold, but they're also spreading Zach Wilson around. I mean, they're doing a great job this year throwing out a lot of smoke screens. Ryan Rosillo had Peter Schrager on his podcast at the end of last week, and Schrager said he's pretty close to the to Douglas, and he reported that even Douglas doesn't know what they're going to do at quarterback. They're they are they very much still like Sam, but there is that caveat of the him playing his last year on his rookie deal, 
Wilson's a top young prospect who's flying up boards and everybody seems to be in love with. And then there's veterans who are going to be able to be had too. It's going to be fascinating to see what the Jets end up doing, man. Fitzmagic is coming back. (laughs) Apparently he's not retiring. The next Houston Texans quarterback, though. I don't want to steal him from Houston. Yeah, he that was already one of his stops, so let him let him go back there. Definitely. Garoppolo to New England makes sense. It just it's it's so Patriots and I think Belichick really hated having to give him away. So now you bring him back. Yeah, you bring back you bring him back as a tarnished asset and then you turn him into a Super Bowl champ, right, with all that cap space they got. That would be the most Belichickian thing of all time. And then there is then there is no God, there is no hope. There is no anything <laughs> for me. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of what ifs that we need to see happen, but that would be if you just see like them go what? Let's say they go ten and six with Garoppolo and they sneak in as a wild card and then get to the Super Bowl and play Tampa and Garoppolo beats Brady. I think that would be one of the coolest storylines of all time. Then I'm uh, going all in and I'm buying a fan controlled football team. My new league, the <laughs> FCF. I am a big Zappers fan, by the way. Josh Gordon and Johnny Manziel on the team. And I'm no longer watching the NFL. All right. Well, go that's Zappers. good to know. Well, go Zappers. Well, I'm looking forward to leading off our football season pod with, with your Zappers preseason takes. Um, all right. So we got a lot of NFL to get to in the next couple of weeks. And the moves will be flying like we talked about last week. Amazingly, do I don't know how we're here, but the conference tournaments are are this week in college basketball. Are you are you finally fired up? Did you get those juices flowing now for college basketball? Not really, to be honest with you. I mean, I have been watching here and there. I know what's going on. Uh, I've got my finger on the pulse of college basketball, but I'm not watching. You know, I'm not gambling like crazy on games. I'm not watching every single game, but I, I can throw you a few predictions. Do it. Let's start with the Big Ten. Big Ten, we're just going to go winners here. I'm going to go with Illinois over Michigan in the final. I love that. The Big Ten's really good. Yeah, they they probably have the most teams going to the tourney this year. And we talked about it. I don't remember if we talked about it amongst ourselves or if we talked about it on Phillips Pod. A lot of blue bloods out this year. Michigan State looks like it's probably going to slide in. Um, as a late seed there, but I mean, aside from that, you don't see Duke, you don't see UNC. Uh, I don't even know is Kentucky going to make it this year. It's it's really slim. Yeah, only chance of any of those teams, not counting Michigan State that you mentioned, of getting in, or if they win their conference tournaments yeah, and they and get Kentucky's an automatic bid. Kentucky's not bit. getting in because they are nine and fifteen in their conference. <sighs> but it would be so Calipari to somehow win that tournament, right? Oh, I that'd mean, be awesome. You gotta, yeah. You got Alabama in there who's been really good. Uh, they're, they're the best team in the SEC by far. But, yeah, the Big Ten, Michigan State knocked off Michigan yesterday. Ohio State's played well. Which is probably uh, what puts them into the seed. tourney. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, who do you I'm gonna have? Go, I'm going to go I'm gonna go. Michigan All right, over, a love, uh, over Illinois. A little love for the former Fab Four coach. Uh, what's his face? The big guy, Joan Howard. Mm-hmm. Head coach. Yeah, just I think I think they've been one of the best teams in the country this year. All right, you ready to go ACC next? Sure. Give me your spot. I honestly think this is Florida State's year. They seem to be in the Elite Eight or or the Sweet Sixteen every single year. I think this is the year that they run the table. They find their way into the Final Four, and they might even win the national championship. Oh. That's a bold prediction. Well, it's just it's a crazy year. It's a shit year for college basketball. This would be the classic year for them to make it. Florida State has been a perennial top 15 to 20. Or not perennial, but all year, right? They've mm-hmm. been in top 15, top 20. Yeah, they're looking at like a four seed right now. They're 15 and 5. They're not they're not up there with your Michigans, your Gonzagas, your Baylors, but they're they're right there. All right, I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna throw you a, a wild card, and I'm gonna go Georgia Tech. Wow, Georgia yeah. Tech has a couple potential. I think they have one potential first rounder on the team, but I mean, hey, they're definitely in the tournament according to what I'm looking at right now. But that that'd be wild. Yeah, why not? 
Can you name one player that went to Georgia Tech? No. You mean like this year on this team? Ever. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, Jared Jack. Jared okay. Jack. You know yep. who else went there, I believe? Stephon Marbury. Marbury? All right, so a little point guard action there. Yeah. And I think Jeff Teague went there as well. All right. Or no, he might have gone you to know- Wake Forest. I don't even know. I get those two schools mixed up for some reason. Colors, area. Yeah, me too. I know Chris. You know this is a. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I know CP3 and Tim Duncan went to Wake Forest. Yes. And John Collins. That I didn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a really rough year for college basketball when we're asking who might have been the best player or name a player that went to a school that (laughs) one of us is predicting to win a conference tournament. Yes. That that is very true. (laughs) Um, all right, I guess we'll go Big 12 next. Sure. Give me your prediction, buddy. Uh, I was going to let you lead off. Also, I'm going to say Baylor. Number Baylor. two team in the country. They've been great. Yeah, Baylor. Baylor for sure. Oklahoma State's going to slide in there as probably a three seed. They have the potential number one overall pick. Uh, the guy's name is what, Cassius Winston? No, Cassius Winston was a former player on Michigan State Spartans. What? What's I don't this know. guy's name? I don't know. you got to pull it up. But Jesus I know it's not Cassius Christ. Winston. Are you sure? A thousand percent. You sure they don't have the same player? Very sure. All right. Well, well I'll get back to you on that. All right. Please do. Um, yeah, it's not Cassius Winston. But, no, they, they've Oklahoma State's been really good. But I think Baylor, I mean, they're right up there with Zag as the top team in the country. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is the runaway number one team, but um, yeah, I think I think that Baylor's obviously going to win this. This, uh, a Cade Cunningham, that's who it is. Sorry. Cool. Yeah, name, not though. Cassius. That is a cool name. Way um, to pull Cassius Winston, though. I don't know, man. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm just glad it was the same sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're taking small Jameis. victories. Um. <laughs> All right, so we have Baylor coming out of there, and then the last two, I guess you would call it, I guess we'll throw the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, in there as well. But the last three um, major conferences would be the SEC's up next. Who do you think's winning that one? I'm going to say Alabama. They've been the best team, so I'll go chalk. But I'm going to root for Kentucky to somehow get into the NCAA by running the table. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Alabama as well. They just seem to be the best defensive team. They run up and down the court. I think they're just going to run every other team off of the court. Arkansas this year is projected as a three seed. It is a wild year. Wow. And then Big East. Insane. I'm doing a full homer pick. I'm going UConn. Here we go. If we're, I mean, St. John's is 16 and 10 overall record. They're not projected to make the, the tournament, but they could win this out. That's my heart pick. My head pick obviously says the team that's been there before for a million times, and that is Villanova. And Creighton's head coach, Dougie McDermott's uh, father, it got into a little bit of trouble there. So I think they're going to face some turmoil. I'm going to go with Nova. Well, the one thing you didn't mention is Nova's best player, Gillespie, is out for the year. He Ooh. got hurt last week. So the reason I'm putting UConn is, yeah, of course, they're my boys. But they have actually been the, one of the hottest teams as of late. And they've been wiping the floor with teams, especially since Booknight's been back. Booknight is first team all Big East. Sunogu is first team all rookie in the Big East. They've been playing really good basketball, low key. I mean, I would does, obviously be surprised if they won, but does they, there's a reason come out for me this to pick them. Oh yeah, oh he's a top ten to twenty pick. Yeah, I, I thought I know I know he'd be a first rounder. I just didn't know how early you thought he'd be going. Yeah, I think most mocks right now have him in like that twelve through sixteen, seventeen range. Okay, I mean, they've I, been playing great. They they have been killing teams lately, so I think they're they're. As I would say, they're peaking at the right time. All right, final conference, the Forgotten Conference out west in football and basketball as well. (laughs) The Conference of Champions, as Bill Walton would say, definitely not anymore. I'm going to go with Oregon here. 
Um, they seem to have the most pedigree. And I know USC has a better record than them, but I think USC has played a cupcake schedule this year, um, given COVID and all that stuff. So I, I'm going to take Oregon. That's fair. I'm going to pick USC for the reasons that you mentioned. And also I'm rooting for USC because they've dropped to 24th in the country. That's what UConn's signature win. So the better that USC does, the better that win might look when UConn's getting seated. James Booknight projected to go 15 to the Pacers. Mm. Yeah. There you go. And, and I, I bet he might even climb up a little bit higher if he his has His comp good is Derek Anderson. Do not remember him. No, me neither for some reason. Oh, well. Played in the NBA mm. at some point, I guess, apparently. Um, and then the rest <laughs> of the conferences, I'm just going to go chalk. You know, you go at the AAC, former UConn conference. Thank God they got out of there. That's Houston all the way. Gonzaga is obviously going to win the WAC, w, or not the WAC, the WCC, West Coast Conference. And then the rest, do we really care about it? No. No, absolutely not. It'll be fun to see some of those first-timers that make it into the tournament, though. I always love that. They win their conference, and they're in for the first time. And then they have all the white kids on the bench doing their dances. That's always cute. Really adorable. I, I definitely think that... I think that I'm going to get a lot more into it on like Thursday when a couple of rounds are already done in these tournaments. Yeah. And I can actually watch the better teams playing to for seeding purposes, you know? I'll tell you what, if St. John's can make some noise and win a game or two, I'll get excited and then they'll lose. And then I'll be reinvigorated when the actual tournament starts. Who does St. John's play to start off the Big East tournament? I don't even know. I, want to say I Seton do not Hall. even know. Yeah, I looked at it earlier. I think it's Seton Hall because Providence and DePaul play each other. And Butler plays, I want to say Xavier. We're doing great podcasting today. Really just looking random shit up that we should have known before the podcast, huh? Oh, who cares? You know what? We have, I've been listening to pods talking about college basketball, and they know about as much as we do right now. So we <laughs> I'm might just as well talking about our podcasting skills today, looking shit up. St. John's plays Seton Hall. You were right about that. All right. See? I didn't just completely pull it out of my ass. I thought they were really going to bid for a buy this year, but it seems like no. Well, maybe you get a W on, on Wednesday. Well, they are the four. They are the the top seed. They're the fourth seed. So if they can beat Seton Hall, they're going to go on to play most likely Villanova. Ugh, our path to the Big East title this year is not looking good. <laughs> you never Maybe know. Though. They got to play the games, right? That's exactly it. All right, you ready to talk some golf? Yeah, this is something we do know about, and especially you. So Bryson DeChambeau has put it together. I mean, last year was kind of an experimental year. Putting on the, what, 40, 50 pounds of, of body weight and getting the long driver in. But now he started to figure it out with his his short game, his irons, um, and, and his putter. And he really put it all together this week. He was obviously on that one hole down there um, at the Arnold Palmer he hit it over the water, and it was like a 370-yard drive into the wind. It looked amazing. Um, but he just went out and took care of business, and, and he dominated Westwood as well as Tommy Fleetwood, um, who I was really hoping would get the win, but I did predict Bryson to win. Um, and he looks to be rounding into form. And, I mean, it was a great tournament for him. Obviously, he got the major under his belt last year. And I believe he was one of my one of my guys in my foursome from last week for this uh, for this major coming up. The players, he was yeah. You liked him riding momentum heading into the, heading into the players after the Arnold Palmer. Yes, I had him, Tony, and then I don't remember the other two. Probably Justin. Thomas. You did pick. Yeah, you did pick Tony to win. I did. I did. Brooks Kepka pulled out uh, some type of injury. A little disappointing because I thought Brooks was starting to heat up. He did win the waste management this year, starting to round into form. It's tough to see another injury set him back, but, I mean, you see it. Tail as old as time. I mean, we're talking about Tiger with the accidents, but before that, the million back surgeries had these big guys that had these big swings getting hurt. You're going to see it from Bryson in a few years, too. 
Yeah, that's not a body type that's designed to hold up for a long time. I don't yeah. care how mobile and flexible he says he is. You're, you, that's not a body type that's You're designed it for, for me longevity. Too. <laughs> you know, I can if I make contact, I can put the ball out there 300 plus. But it's, I mean, it, it never happens. But I mean, I'm hurting all over. Well, that's not good. No, man, no. I might need you to send me some training plans that I'll never do. There you go. Well, it's good to know that my work will be not at all appreciated. Um, but, yeah, so question for you. Spieth had a hole-in-one, and obviously he craters yesterday. What do you make of him? Obviously, he's been known as a guy, just with the limited knowledge I know, he does not close at all. Is it a mental thing? 100%. What's, what's going on with him? I think it's the, it's the mind-muscle connection for him. I, I mean – it started out I obviously he started out on a heater. He was like twenty four. He's got three majors under his belt, including a masters already. But, you know, after that two thousand and seventeen run he had, he I think he just fell into a mental rut and then it turned into swing troubles and trying to redesign his swing. And I, honestly I think he's coming back into form. He's finding his way into top tens. You saw it early on this year, and he's really starting to find his way. And for him, it was like Thursday, Thursday, Friday, it was all right. He'd make the cut, and then he'd absolutely just fall apart um, on Saturday. And now he's starting to figure out Saturdays, and Sundays are where he's having trouble. So I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, I'm going to give him until the weather starts warming up, and he's just really going to come into form. I think he's going to get a win on tour this year. I don't think it's going to be a major, but I definitely think he's going to get a win on tour this year. Which would be huge for his psyche and, and his confidence taking that into a major in 2022. Absolutely. And he, I don't know what it is with him. Everybody loves him. He brings out the fanfare like few others. It, it's good to have a guy like that on tour because then you also, you can use him as a hero while you've got the villainous DeChambeau and Patrick Reed. Yeah, Patrick Reed will forever be a villain, but I think DeChambeau is starting to turn the tide a little bit. He's gotten a little better with interviews. He's gotten a little better on camera. He's turned into less of a pouty little baby, and he's I think he's turning the corner, man. I think he's going to become one of the beloved players in golf. I think his personality is really starting to show. People are starting to understand him a little bit more. And before you know it, I think people are really going to like Bryson. I think P. Reed is really going to be the villain here. And Sergio. But Sergio's Sergio. on the fucking, almost on the Champions Tour at this point. So, he's old. I also, yeah, I also saw something that uh, I, I heard on PTI today that, that uh, Mickelson fell out of the top 100 for the first time in like 28 years or something. Yeah, well, Mickelson should just go dominate the Champions Tour. I think it's all over for him. Has to come at some point, right? Yeah, I mean the guy's damn near fifty. He already is fifty he's, if he's playing on the Champions Tour, right? I mean, what's the cutoff there? I mean, he's a guy that plays every tournament every year. Yeah, and he's and been now missing he's been a hell of those, a lot of cuts. He has, and he's been doing those charity ones with Tiger and and Barkley and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's no surprise there confirmed phil is 50 i think it's i think it's time to hang up the the uh tour cleats and switch to the champions tour you can dominate that for another 15 years because he can still really drive the hell out of the ball and he's obviously always been a creative shot shaper it's just he cannot find the middle of the fairway and these guys are just blowing past him you know makes with, sense with their scores i mean they're just head and shoulders better than him and they're also he's got like 20 years on these guys yeah, no, it makes plenty of sense, and the the tour is the tour is loaded right now. Absolutely is. I think the game's in a good place, even with uh, Tiger Woods probably never playing golf again. It's just time to continue to grow it. From a from Excellent. a from a watching level, I would like for people to stop buying golf clubs and playing golf. I'm getting tired of seeing too many people on the course. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your course. That's your territory now. Um, so you picked Finau to win this coming weekend. What else you got going on, bud? Not much, man. Dino Hypeco probably doing another pod tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to get my hands on some more some more sports cards so we could do another box break and hopefully do it upright this time. But they are tough to come by. 
it sounds like it. it sounds like it's absolute lunacy right now yeah i mean they've really exploded over over the past two years they've really exploded COVID took it to another level and then now it's just nobody wants to be left out in the cold when it comes to the next money making whatever you want to call it with the bitcoin going up ethereum going up and then now you have you know the whole um, wall street bets on reddit everybody's just trying anything to to be the next quick winner well i'll tell you what if you're looking for any advice on any of those things you mentioned do not go to my Instagram. I still have not done anything on it since since last week. Baby steps. You have one. <laughs> Baby that's steps. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's it. They're going to be – we're going to be crawling first, and then maybe we can take some baby steps. <laughs> that, but, that'd be great. Maybe uh, just a profile picture and a post. Maybe. Well, we'll see if I can get through that this week. That would be a, that would be a huge step in the right direction. But, yeah, man, uh, good job by you today, and uh, – the sports calendar is its in a pretty good sweet spot right now. Definitely is, man. I guess we'll be talking to everybody next week. Absolutely. All right, man. Take care.